Hello and welcome to the latest This Is The Music Meets podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Wigan Legends at Stanley's. Jake, thanks very much for coming on today. How are you doing? Good, thanks for having us. I'm good. The weather's a bit um, bit too hot, but, uh, you know, we'll survive. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It's, um, I think where I am down in, in Essex, it's, um, it's threatening to rain at the minute, so um, probably much needed for uh, yeah. most people's eyes, but hey, we're never happy unless we're moaning about something, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, as obviously, uh, if, you, if you're not aware, but this is the music, uh, we like to try and shine a light um, on, you know, upcoming bands on the new music scene like Stanley's. Um, so sort of kind of like over the last sort of 12 months, has there been any bands or, or solo artists that have caught your eye personally? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think when, once you start a band, I think, you start taking notice of who's around you and who else is doing well. And not even in a competitive sense, just, you know, it's it's, it's almost like people that you meet at gigs and, and stuff like that. And I think quite a few are standing out to me, obviously. Um, there's a big scene in Wigan. So, you know, we're quite close with a lot of them bands, like, you know, the Flushettes. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, River, another great band, the Facades, the Lathams. Um you know, so there's there's obviously a lot going on there, but I mean, even further afield, I found the other week a band called uh, Shambolics from oh. Scotland. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're great. And I, I've band. had them on. I've had them on repeat for like the last couple of weeks, and uh, sort of blew me away. Really, I was like, how are these guys not playing arenas? You know, what about you? Have you discovered anything recently? Yeah, quite quite a lot, really. Um, uh... Uh, the band I've just got into uh, just released their debut single last week. Band called The Finn. Um, they're up from from Scotland. Um, obviously, the bands that you've mentioned there, I'm massively into as well. Um, I've got to mention them. If I, if I don't, they'll they'll shoot me. Is uh, a uh, lock in. Massive fans of them. Um, band near me, San Quentin, uh, and obviously another band as well from from your way. And we'll come on to them actually a little while with the. Um, you know, with the Band Aid uh, rework that you did, uh, but obviously yeah. Garden Party as well from that neck of the Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah, amazing band. I mean, there's too many, there's too many to name. Like you just, you know, you just forget, don't you? How many good ones there are? Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, it is, it's very difficult to keep up, and um, yeah, it, it's a real exciting time, I think, for um, you know, British guitar music at the moment. That there is so many, you know, class and and quality bands that are coming through. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, obviously, like yourselves, massively into it. So it's it's great to see, really. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It is really good. So obviously, we're going to come on to um, talk about the new single um, shortly. But I, I kind of like want to rewind um, back, uh, really, to sort of when I first got into you, effectively, um, which is kind of like when you pretty much first started. Um, obviously, you recorded uh, your debut live EP, which uh, is obviously next to me here. Um, obviously, it was recorded at Wigan's uh, DW Stadium, a place obviously that must mean like a lot to you personally or to, you know, to the others in the band as well. So kind of like what, what was the experience of, of, of doing that sort of gig? Um, obviously, a blip with just maybe a couple of cameramen and stuff. Um, and, and, and how did it come about? Um, I think during lockdown, one of the hardest things for bands was to keep it fresh, to keep it interesting when, you know, you can't record new songs, you can't play live. And a lot of cases, you know, you can't even rehearse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were lucky, really, because we had a, a rehearsal room that um, the council sort of ran. So it was like we could we were able to get in there, but we know a lot of a lot of other bands that weren't as lucky and couldn't rehearse. So I think it's, it sort of stemmed from trying to keep ourselves relevant in this sort of ever-changing social media orientated world you've got to stay relevant and it's it's, it's difficult really so we, i think we found ourselves brainstorming like you know what's the maddest thing we can do um you know we can't play live and we noticed like a lot of people started doing instagram lives and and, and going live on twitter and facebook and, and it you know a lot of it was good but it's like you know it was on a phone and the quality weren't great and stuff and you know, they'd just be in a bedroom or whatever. So we kind of took that idea and, you know, thought how can we sort of improve upon that? And yeah. we got the football club involved um, because all the staff, um, like, you know, the, the video team and stuff uh, didn't have any work during lockdown. So yeah, it was sure. a way for us to involve the football club and the staff also you know give something to our fans and, and do something as a band so it sort of it, it, it ticked all the boxes really in that sense oh fantastic and, and obviously a, a great a great idea really because sort of a win-win uh really all around then by the sounds of it yeah yeah exactly it was just it was just sort of one of the things that came together and you know there's there's not very many of them these days but it just sort of clicked into place so it was you know, it was it, it was really enjoyable as well. It was like for us, you know, to, to go on the pitch. I've never been on that pitch before. You know, I've had a season ticket for years and sort of grown up watching Wigan when they're in the Premier League, stuff like that. And obviously with the FA Cup, um, but I've never been on the pitch before, so that was that was like a big thing. So yeah, amazing. I I, I can imagine uh, what you know, or I can only imagine. Sorry, what that must that feeling must have been like for for you. And sort of just looking back on the album, is is there a um, on on this out a live album, is there a particular favourite song? Um, you know, like do you like look back? Um, sorry, pardon the pun. Uh, like and 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 go, oh yeah, I, you know, this one was 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 one for me that that really stood out above the rest. Or, mm-hmm. um, I think at the time we just sort of put look back together as like a, a song. I remember sort of writing it in bits and stuff, and then. None of it really fitted. And then we, you know, I sort of put them all together into what I thought would be an okay song. And we ended up rehearsing it like two, three weeks before the actual date. And we thought, you know, it's not out, but we'll do it as a new song, you know, as a treat to the people that are tuned in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, at the time, I think that was that was quite exciting because it was quite different. And we got a lot of comments saying, you know, when he releasing this song, what's this song called? And, and stuff like that. So that for me was like, um, the, the big song of the moment really and and you've you've obviously continued um like the close relationship obviously with, with Wigan the football club but obviously you've recently played about what about four or five weeks ago I think now roughly you obviously played at the club's um end of season party in the park obviously with Wigan uh winning the league and, and obviously getting back into the um into the championship and it looked like from from what I've seen across you know the socials all the videos and, and everything that have been posted it looked like a lot of fun uh, for you guys and I think um, you can see uh, like the enjoyment as well like that you're having like up on, on stage as I say so what was it like playing to a crowd like that size um, and and what else can you remember from the day um, it was, to be honest it's always 
I don't know if it's easier or more daunting, really, because when you're playing to, like, say, festival crowds, it's sort of similar because a lot of the people, you know, haven't heard of you. Although we have got quite close ties with the football club, you know, a lot of people there never didn't know who Stanley's were. So it's always daunting playing to uh, a crowd that don't know you. But also, in that sense, you've got nothing to lose. So I suppose you can just go out there and, and, and you know, and just sort of try and do your best. And I think we, we, we try to make it interesting as, as we... We did a lot of like Northern Soul songs because the yeah. clubs, um, you know, we've sort of in Wigan with Wigan Casino and the history of Northern Soul yeah. in the town. It's a it's a big thing, and you know, at, at the match days and stuff, um, the, the playlist is pretty much all Northern Soul. So we thought, you know, we'll keep it, um, we'll stick to our roots, and we'll 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 do a bit of a homage to, you know, the stadium itself and the tracks there and, and Wigan as a town, and I think. A lot of, especially the older fans, sort of appreciated that. So that that for me was like a, a really good part of the experience, and it was fun to play them. It's it's something that you know we'd never normally do something like that. So it was good to just go out of our comfort zone a bit, really. Oh, fantastic! And and obviously, and just sort of um, you know sticking with with the football club. Obviously, as we mentioned obviously you've got promoted back into the championship. Um, kind of like what? What do you think would represent like a like a good season? Like looking ahead now, now for you. I think, to be honest, I, I thought we'd have we'd have brought on more players. Um, you know, with with the way that the championship is at the minute, it is so competitive. Um, and even some of the teams that are getting relegated now, even you know teams that haven't had points deductions and stuff like that. Some of the, the caliber of teams that aren't surviving in that league is. It's quite scary, really. But I feel like this with with the new owners this next season, the fans are behind the club, uh, and I feel like it is a, a, a fresh start. Last time we were in the championship, it really wasn't great. You know, we were questioning whether we'd even have a club. Um, yeah. So just to even come back into the championship with a whole new sort of fresh mindset as a club, I think is is quite exciting and. You know, I, I think we were. I think we will do well, especially if we bring in the players we need. So, yeah, sure. And because obviously you've, you've been um, sort of a bit mysterious with the ownership, obviously hasn't it for for a little while at, at Wigan. So I guess that must be a a major relief now to actually have you know clear sort of clear direction. Obviously with the um, uh, obviously with uh, with the previous ownership, obviously maybe being a little bit shady. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think when we've seen. Even even clubs like Bolton who've gone through like really you know difficult trouble with ownership. It's like although obviously you know the our biggest rival. It was even that was sad to see because the prospect of not having that local derby there. And I, I know a lot of a lot of Wigan fans that said the same. It's you know you joke about it and you know you you know you hate them you hate them you know when when they're yeah, beating yeah. you. But it's like the prospect of of anyone not having a club to support. Uh, even just seeing conversations, you know, between Bolton fans about who they would support when the club went, it was like it's not something that any fan should have to go through. I wouldn't wish it on any club, really. So, you know, it's just it's just good to be out of all that shadiness. To be honest, it's, it's it seems like a lot of northern clubs are just neglected, really. You know, if it happened, if it happened to a massive club, you know, a massive London club, it it, it wouldn't. You know, people would step in, the government or new owners would. It'd be straight there, but because it's small northern clubs, I think it is forgotten about. But yeah, and and, and obviously I know it was for um, 
slightly different circumstances, but obviously we've um, we mentioned the government now obviously stepping in with the uh, the Chelsea situation and stuff. So yeah. obviously slightly different, but as you say, there's someone steps in and you know obviously try to keep the keep the club going, which obviously you know as you've just said, you don't really want to see anybody. Uh, you know, no. go out any any club doesn't matter who who they are really. Um, so obviously your new single, um, why would I is is a top tune and and for me it's it's probably your best one that you've released nice. uh, to date. To be fair, so obviously you've got your trademarks or you know jangly guitar riffs in there as well, and obviously that great great sing along chorus. So what what can you tell us about the track? Um, it's a quite an old one to be honest. It was. I mean, I always feel like when, you know, when you're recording stuff and, um, you know, Scott from the Lavens always always goes on about this. It's like there's a 12-month period in which you're sort of living 12 months in advance of what's happening because I suppose that, that's just the way it is. You've got to prep for, you know, distribution times and vinyl turnarounds. And so you're living in this sort of year-long sort of void where, People say, oh, when's your new song out? And it's like, oh, the one we wrote last week. And it's like, <laughs> no, that, that isn't the case. It's, you know, I, I, why would I? It was a, a lockdown song, to be oh, to right. wow. honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to see it come out, it's um, it, it's, it's refreshing. But it sort of just carries on the, the theme of, of, of the last EP, sort of like indie guitar, sort of poppy sing-along songs like, what's been and gone and, and the chorus to look back it's sort of um it's trying to be modern but also homage to you know past guitar music that, that we like as a band but you know bands like the smiths and the stone roses and we, we we've always worn our influences on our sleeves really so but in, in terms of music it's um it is it's more modern it's it's like was experimenting with things like um keeping the same chord progression throughout the entire song and and using arrangement and production techniques to sort of like freshen that up it is so in a sense it was you know we were sticking to what we knew but we were also going out of our comfort zone so it's it, it was good to finally get it out there was so just saying there about getting sort of you know trying a few different things was was that quite an enjoyable sort of process to sort of cut get you know get your teeth into then or you know and, and do you think that you might maybe like potentially like revisit that if you maybe have already done it by the sounds of it if you're if you're writing songs 12 months in advance um but you know is it something that you might you know consider you know again in in, in the future yeah uh, definitely i think we found our sound now with a, a producer uh called gareth nuttall from a studio called the lounge in wigan who we really like he's worked with the k's the lottery winners um you know some some massively like relevant yeah. bands yeah. at the minute so um, you know, we've, we found a producer who we trust, who, who we get on with and who I enjoy spending time with. You know, we, we spent about four days uh, just me and him layering guitars, keyboards or changing the drum sound. And I think we're sick of each other uh, at the end of it. But, um, but we've, you know, we've got this like sort of connection now where, uh, where we know what each other like and, and, and we get on. And I'm looking forward to working with again him again. But in terms of like songwriting, uh, techniques and stuff this was the first EP where I started looking at how other songs were written and um, how I could not steal but sort of um, use <laughs> use techniques that other great songwriters had done you know there, there is sort of a method to the madness there is um, 
there is there is sort of technique to it really so yeah so so just saying that on the writing process then is it and 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 that so is it is it something that you come you know to the studio or however you you know send it over to to the rest of the band right this is the song this is gonna we're gonna do this this and this or is everyone you know effectively you know like chucking in some ideas and going or how about this drum this drum sound here or this bass line how how does it work I think it's it's sort of developed we've we've done like many different ways I think um with this one, the other lads sort of let me go a bit uh, crazy, to be honest with this EP. <laughs> For better or worse, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of really lucky in a way that I'm in a band with Tom, who's got an amazing voice. Um, I'm an awful singer, so um, <laughs> and Rob as well has got an amazing voice. Our drummer and Rob's been playing drums since he was about you know six, five or six. He's he's unreal. Um, and Harry's, you know, one of the best bass players I've ever played with. So it's like just to be in a room and, and have that energy to bounce off. It's like, you know, when I'll when I'll just strum some chords and and write some lyrics down, you know, they're nowhere near as good as when, you know, these other people add, you know, they make it into the song that that you're hearing, you know what I mean? They're yeah. Three, three unbelievably talented musicians. So Oh, it must must be joy, and 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 obviously you saying that, and and to be fair, with obviously the guitar riffs as as well with yourself, you're highly talented as well. Not well, I don't know about that. Don't, don't, yeah, no, you are. Don't. It's not just about the you know. We're you're the only one here, so we'll pick you up as much as we can. Oh, I, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I mean, obviously, um, it must have been a major disappointment, obviously, for yourselves that um, obviously you've had to postpone. Uh, the the big gig that you had at uh, Gorilla in Manchester next month, but obviously the flip side to that is that you've got a bigger venue, um, which is going to go ahead on Friday the fifth of August at Manchester Club Academy. So how excited are you to be, you know, getting back out there again and and playing such a big, you know, such a big gig? Yeah, it's been it's been long overdue, really. It's it's, it's a weird feeling because obviously on our sort of debut tour just before Christmas. Um, the venues we were, we were playing were like, uh, you know, the castle in Manchester, which is like, we sold out 70, 80 cap. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it was it was really intimate. It sold out within minutes. Um, then to go from that to Club Academy, it's just like the, the level, I don't know, it feels, <laughs> something's going on. It feels like we've missed a few, I don't know. Um, but yeah, with, with it, with obviously with, we're getting the, the awful news about Grilla. Um, it was one of them, really. We, we had a, a few options. You know, we could have just said, you know, we'll push it back six months. And But then, you know, the same same thing can always happen. You know, it's that risky run with live music at the minute. And there's not a lot of venues. Um, and the other promoter said, look, there's, you know, a slot at the academy here for this day. Um, you know, it's a week later. A lot of people might be on holiday or can't come or whatever. And it's a bigger capacity room. But we've been, we've been putting it off that long now. Um you know, it's, it seems ridiculous. We've been talking about this like big Manchester show. Uh, we were talking about doing it in like March, and it just never materialised. And so, it, at this point, it was just sort of like let's just let's just get on with it. It's, you know, fifth of fifth of August, change the venue. If people can come, they can come. If they can't, they can't. But we've had an amazing response so far. Tickets have been flying out. Loads of people said, you know, couldn't get tickets for Grilla. Um, now they can come this. And even with our old old show lining up on the weekend of Why Not and Kendall, yeah. that was quite unfortunate, really. And now it's sort of opened up. So it's 
it's, it's swings and roundabouts really you know what what goes around comes around so yeah fantastic stuff and we'll um we'll include the uh the link to the uh to that gig on the 5th of august in the episode bio as well and um you know to help help spread the word and and obviously you know fingers crossed obviously that it there's no more mishaps with with, yeah. with venues for you and uh, and obviously that you have a a, a great great gig so for, for maybe for someone that hasn't heard um stanley's before how would you describe yourself as a band um i feel like we're uh fresh but also nostalgic uh in a way i think we we try and everything we do we try and uh be innovative but also you know we like we like a lot of 60s stuff yeah. uh you know the beatles the kings the stones the who uh hendrix simon garfunkel a lot of 90s stuff were oasis um but then we want to stay modern and and, and and you know and relevant and keep pushing these boundaries so um i think yeah i think that's the best way of describing a sort of nostalgic but uh modern so Great stuff, and we we sort of touched on it um, a little bit earlier on, uh, but obviously you was involved in the uh, reworking of the uh, Band Aid single. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Uh, which obviously raised um, some some massive funds uh, for, for local food bank up up there for you in Wigan. Um, so sort of how did how did the idea come about? And because obviously it was a a real sort of like who's who of um, you know musicians from you know from the new music scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh it's a bit of a weird one really. Still I still keep forgetting that it actually happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was the Will Watts, uh the guy who sort of produced it with me, he's the bass player in Flechettes. And uh, and like we were saying earlier about trying to find new ways of staying relevant and, and stuff on social media, it is difficult. Uh and we we, we talked about doing it last Christmas, like a cover of um, a band aid do they know it's Christmas because um, we actually all quite like the song so it was you know, it's a good message and stuff and I thought yeah, you know how can we sort of make this into a, a big thing you know get people together at Christmas um, and we wanted to involve local charities because the council have done so much for us and the football team and, and, and just the people of Wigan in general so it was it was about trying to give something back really Um so obviously the brick being like a big Wigan charity that we all sort of know, um, we we reached out to them, said you know we're thinking about doing it like a Christmas cover, a single, uh, raising some money. Um, and me and the drummer Rob went in and sort of met the team, what they do, and you know what the money can be used for. And and we met uh, quite a lot of the people. Uh, I remember one particular person, a guy called Kevin, uh, who the charity had helped. You know, help find a home, find a job, and, and rebuild people's lives. It was, it was, it was really emotional to be honest. It, you know, I remember walking out of, of of the charity thinking, like, you know, this this makes it ten times bigger. Um, and yeah. I think we had the we had the second day in the studio because we had to track the whole thing in two days. We had the second day just after we'd gone in and visited the charity. So, sort of, you know, you wake up with this like renewed sense of energy, this enthusiasm that um, you want to go and, uh, and do it and make it special. So I think to be given that opportunity to do something like that, uh, none of us took for granted, really. And, you know, we reached out to all these different bands, uh, you know, the Facades, Aladdin's, Garden Party. You know, I think there was about 12 different acts in total that we got involved. Um, we even got, like, all, you know, ITV, Granada Reports involved. 
all the Wigan newspapers, uh, you know, the football team, the rugby team, it, you know, it was, it was massive, really, so. Yeah, and, and I mean, and obviously for the, the great thing that obviously they're doing for the charity, it sounds like there was a, a very nice story there as well in terms of, you know, someone obviously being benefited from the charity being there in the first place. And um, but the song itself, obviously, as we know how, how successful that was when it was first, re- you know, released back, you know, back in the 80s and stuff. Um, but you guys have done um, a, a, a tremendous version of it for me. And, um, you know, I think you can all, I'm sure you all are, but you can all be very, very proud of, uh, you know, of, of, of what you did with that. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to see sort of everyone else in the studio and and how talented everyone was. And uh, I know we did a, a bit of a documentary about recording it, and I remember Will saying this, um, that it was an absolute privilege and a pleasure to sit in the producer's chair behind the glass and listen to, you know, 30 amazing musicians sing, play, drum, uh, even just throw ideas around. And, and that in itself was was like a, a surreal feeling you know you had like Alex Moore who just done a number one album um a band like the facades who had recently just formed um so it was it was it was a, a mad mix and just to see everyone getting on so well you know there was that sort of like a uh, sense of unity that we're all there to do one job and, and just get on with it so yeah sure great great stuff so what what do you personally prefer doing then do you prefer being on stage and, and, and playing live or or do you like you know prefer being in the studio and sort of maybe trying to like mix and and like produce the tracks i think you know nothing ever uh nothing will ever get over that buzz you get you know when you're out on stage and, and people are singing song your songs back to you you know, words that you scribbled in a in a book at three in the morning. But for me, and I know the other three lads will disagree, it's being in the studio, trying, you know, mad ideas that you don't think will work and running like a an effects pedal backwards, <laughs> like through two different amps and then, you know, putting a load of reverb and chorus yeah. on it at the end. And it's, you know, and just stuff like that, like, well, you know, some, when we're in the studio with Gareth, I might get like a, an idea at three in the morning or and it won't wait. And I'll have to text him, you know, we're trying this out <laughs> first thing. And he's like, you just woke me up. It's three in the morning. Um, but I think the, the other three, lads, I think they, 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 they buzz off, off being on stage. I know, uh, I know Tom especially, he gets, I don't know, he gets like, um, like a rush of adrenaline, you know, he's out and he's singing and, no, he's it's it's like he's he's always singing. I lived with him at uni, and he's always singing in the shower and stuff like that. But when he's when he's out on stage, he's in his element. I think he feels he can he can be who he is, you know. And I, I know yeah, I know yeah. Rob Rob's similar. Like you know, in the studio, it's quite meticulous and you know time consuming. Whereas when he's on stage, it's the adrenaline. You know, you're in and you're out, and yeah. <laughs> great great stuff there so what um this is probably quite an unfair question probably to ask you really but um we'll, we'll, we'll see what um what is like your favorite favorite song at the like Stanley song that you've released uh you've released to date um i think i quite like look back because it's not it, it was like a step out of our comfort zone for us it was a bit dark you know yeah. after doing a better life and and measured in gold and, and and songs like that and 
you know, like on an EP with what's been in Gone in so long, these like uplifting three minute pop songs to, you know, to do something a bit darker. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's probably my favorite. Um, yeah, that's my favorite one we've released so far. What's yours? Well, I was I was just thinking this, and I was going, well, yeah, I like if you're reading them off, I'm going, yeah, I like that one. And then I was thinking, oh, hang on, I've already said, haven't I, at the beginning? I said, why would I? I've said was probably your oh, best yeah, one best, today. Yeah, so I, thought, yeah. I bet I can't I can't go back on that now. No, no. I, I, I forgot <laughs> that was even out. I forgot <laughs> that was even released. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it definitely is, and I can uh, can tell you as I say, for me, it's definitely the best one. So, um, but. Yeah, the other the other choices to be fair, it's very you know very tight to to call it, but we'll, we'll go with that one. Um, what would you say is your um, sort of like proudest musical moment with with Stanley's? Um, I think when we we got announced for Kendall calling just before the first lockdown, and um, we got like the, the poster through on the email and all the assets, and it said like uh, on the poster it was like. Stanley's main stage kennel calling Sunday, and the lineup was like, uh, like BMAs, you know, like stereophonics, yeah, yeah, Stanley's. And I was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> why, why are we there? So that was like a, a big thing. And I remember Harry's mum printed off the, the poster and like enlarged it so we could have it in our practice room. And um, yeah, and we were like, "Wow, this this is it. It don't get much better than that." No. So that, that's uh, that that was probably one of them. Oh, me and me and Tom actually did a, a gig in Wigan, uh, supporting Sean Ryder. He did like a like a talk about um, just about his life and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at a theatre, and they asked us to come down and play a few songs before I came on, and and we met him backstage, and that was a big thing because. You know, we're all we're all quite into like nineties, eighties, nineties Manchester music, it's like Smith, Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, Charlatans, Joy Division, stuff like that. So that was, you know, that was sort of like meeting one of your heroes, really. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice man! And uh, yeah, I've seen, uh, heard quite a lot of good things about Sean Ryder with that sort of meet and greet talking tour thing that he's done. So um, obviously a great, great opportunity for you by the sounds of it. Um, so who who then would you say is kind of like your musical influences um, and sort of like what what inspired you to take up music? Um, I think we've all, as a band, we've got a lot of similar influences, um, you know, bands like The Lars and, and, and The Beatles and, and stuff like that. Um, we all all share a love for, um, and then a lot of the classics, you know, like Bowie, Elton John, things like that. Um, but we've all sort of got our own sort of influences. Um, like Tom's massively into like Paolo and Nettini, um, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of singer-songwriter stuff. Um, and I know Rob's into a lot of like new wave stuff at the minute, you know, stuff like Blondie as well, uh, like punk stuff early on. Um, and Harry's sort of Harry into Harry's a massive fan of the Clash. Uh, so we've all got our differences. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all sort of come together as well, and a lot of influences. I think for me, the first time I got into music um, properly was uh, in high school. I was about fifteen, and I fourteen, fifteen, and I only ever listened to chart music before that. I'd, I'd grown up with like Beatles and stuff. My mum and dad listened to it, and Simon and Garfunkel. But um, it was just like Ed Sheeran and. You know, Bastille and, and <laughs> what's his name, Calvin Harris, stuff like that. And then 
a mate of mine called James Devlin sent me a song. He was like, listen to this. And it was Joy Division Disorder. Right, yeah. And um, it had, and the music video on YouTube was from the uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, There's like a three minute clip. Uh, with the music over it with Disorder I remember him sending it me the link he's like listen to this well the song I remember sitting in my bedroom listening to it I was like this is weird because it's not got that instant hook but yeah. I really like it it's not like a manufactured pop song but it, it's like good music I can't really get my head around it I was, I said to him, I was like have you got anything else like this <laughs> on hook uh, so he sent me a few songs like uh, William it was really nothing and then my dad heard me listening to these. He's like, oh, you, you know, you might like this. And he gave me the Stone Roses debut album. Uh, and I put that on. And then I think within three weeks, my mind, had, my head had just come off, literally. <laughs> hearing, like, how guitars didn't have to sound cliche. They didn't have to sound like ACDC or, you know what I mean? They didn't have yeah, to be full yeah. of distortion. It could be bright and, and, and sort of jangly and uplifting and, so I said to my dad, I was like, I need to get a guitar now. I need to learn this album. So I got um, I got like a cheap, like a Squire Telecaster part of a set with like an amp for like 100 quid. I think it was my birthday. Um, and they didn't have the colour I wanted, so I was gutted, but I played it anyway. <laughs> and, um, and I remember in about six months learning the entire Stone Roses album. I didn't leave my bedroom. I didn't speak <laughs> to anyone. Uh, I bec- became like a total... And then, like, I'd be on Xbox all the time, I'm playing football a lot, and and it all went out the window after that. It was like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to play guitar like this. Yeah. So. Oh, what a what a great story there. With uh, especially <laughs> with with like the guitar as well. That's oh wow, amazing, amazing. Um. So what? Um. If there was uh like one cover song, uh, that you could introduce into the set, what what would it be? We were talking about this in rehearsal today, actually. Because um, we, we're, we're going to do a cover for the Manchester show to, you know, just sort of a bit of a treat for everyone. Um, I'm not sure, I think. Because uh, we used to be a cover band. We used to play all the pubs in Wigan and, and we used to literally exclusively play covers when we first started out. Um, trying to think now. We, we, uh, we used to do uh, The Police, Message in a Bottle. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm not a massive fan of the police, but that song, like we used to like, it's really fun to play. So I'd say that one probably. Oh, nice, fantastic. And if you could have um 24 hours with any artist, uh, past or present, um, who would it be? Um, probably I'd say, um, David Bowie. Maybe I think it'd be interesting. It seems like he's lived like a million different lives, you know, you could, <laughs> you could chat to him for 24 hours about, you know, literally anything, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, great, great choice. And um, just sort of a, a couple of sort of quick fire questions now here for you. What is your favourite pizza topping? Uh, I'm going to have to play it safe and say pepperoni, I think. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Oh, you you probably won't talk to me ever again after this. It's uh, it's ham and pineapple. Oh, I knew <laughs> I could. You know what? I've never tried it, so I can't I can't knock it. So I've tried it. Top 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 tier in my view. <laughs> I need I need to give it a go. I was watching uh, Stranger Things the other day on Netflix, and that was like they're all they keep eating ham and pineapple pizza. <laughs> so I, I I need to try it. I need to give it a go. 
There you go. You've got, you've got to go for it. And what is your uh, what is your favourite biscuit? Um, I don't mind digestives, to be honest. Or or chocolate chip cookies are pretty good. Uh, custard creams as well. I'm a, I'm a big fan of custard creams. Too many. I don't. I can't take. That's too hard. <laughs> and what is your um? What is your favourite film? Ooh, uh, uh, too many to think. Uh, I've recently watched. It's not really a film, I suppose. It's a bit of a documentary. Uh, at the minute. I recently watched on Sky that um, the Beatles film, you know, the new one, the oh, three part. Oh yeah, the Get Back one. Like, yeah, and I've, yeah. I've rewatched that about three times now. So at the minute, I've, it's not even a proper film, but a bit of a cop out answer. But at the minute, <laughs> I've got to say that because I watched it numerous times. So. Sadly, I've I've only got as far as um, as the first episode with it. Um, I, I need to I need to pull my finger out. Unfortunately, I'm yeah, getting, the I'm getting out of Love Island. <laughs> first one was a bit uh, slow going, but after that it goes into like, you know, rehearsals and recording techniques and stuff like that. I found it really interesting. So can you um, remember what the first gig was that you ever went to? The first gig I ever went to was at Liverpool Echo Arena watching uh, Example in... 2008, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit, bit embarrassing, but uh, I went watching my first proper gig that went, you know, when people ask me, like I normally say, uh, the second ever gig I went to was the Sherlock's at a Manchester venue called Sound Control, which must have held about 100 people. And this was when Sherlock's first started getting really big, so it would have been about 2014, 2015. Yeah. Uh, it only had about two songs out, and there was this sort of massive hype around him. And uh, my mate was on the bus back from school and was like, You've got to give these a listen. We'll go watch them. Tickets were about £4. <laughs> uh, we c- couldn't even drink at the time. So I just sat on the train with cans and then went. And it was the first ever time I'd ever seen like a mosh pit or anything like that. So <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit of an experience. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're a, they're a, um, I mean, what a what a class gig that sounds like. And, and and what do you think of their um of their latest album? I think for them it's it's a return to form. I think I, I wasn't personally I wasn't a massive fan of the second one. Um, there was some okay songs on it, but I feel like they'd sort of you know exploded so quickly. There's so much pressure on that second album. The caliber songs that they were releasing early on, you know, people were loving it. You know, they sold out Big Warehouse as well. They were sort of in that space where the sort of the lathams are now, where they just released this mm. um, really successful album. Uh, I'm not sure, I don't think it got to number one on the Sherlock's one, but it was either there or thereabouts. Um, and they just sold out Victoria Warehouse, like, you know, 4,000 people. Um, so I think you know they've they've sort of they're trying to rebuild now and sort of get uh get back there again. So good luck to them. I hope you know I hope they do. Yeah, definitely. I think um I I agree with what you were just saying there about the second album. Sort of maybe a little bit of a dip, but I think they're definitely the the um the, the like the new album. I think yeah, it's it's sounding rocking really. I think it's really really good and it's great great to see them, you know, and and obviously guitar music in general sort of like you know breaking through again and um, they're certainly right in the mix for um you know 
hopefully getting on to like you know the next sort of the, like the next stage I guess which obviously is like arenas and 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 etc etc so um what is what is next for um for Stanley's in terms of you know like can we expect like single releases EP releases gigs what what's going to be the plan for the rest of um for the rest of 2022 yeah so if we if we sort of pull our finger out uh, which I hope we will in the next uh, week or two um we've got you know vinyl CDs on the way a uh, full new EP. Uh, we can't confirm like a full date for that, but you know we'll be there's, there's singles just around the corner. Um, you know we're hopefully going to get another one out just after the the Academy Day. Um, so that's it for in terms of new music. There's loads to come. Uh, in terms of live dates, we're going to try and get back out on tour. Uh, just after summer because the response we got in December was was ridiculous, really. So we're going to try and keep building on that. Uh, hopefully see the same faces that we did last time, but also some new ones. Um, so that'll be really good. We're looking forward to that. Um, and in terms of festivals and stuff, we've got Why Not, uh, which really looking forward to. Kendall Corwin, finally. Feels like it's been, you know, years in the making. <laughs> finally, finally looking forward to playing that. Um, so that's going to be really good. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of in terms of festivals, gigs, music. There's loads coming up, really. So it's exciting times. Oh, it definitely, it definitely is, and um, it sounds, you know, there's obviously a lot going on, and um, obviously as, as as a fan of the band, I I can't wait to to hear, uh, you know, new music that's going to come out, and, and hopefully as well, I'll be able to get down to one of the um one of the tour dates as well, which would be fantastic. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Great stuff. So, Jake, unfortunately, that is the end of the This Is The Music Meets Stanley podcast. Um, thank you very much for coming on. You've been a great guest and um, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, chatting to you and getting to know a little bit more about the sort of the workings of of, of the band and, and, and where you currently are and etc. Um, but just before you go, um, can you just let everyone know where Stanley's can be found on social media? Yep, yeah, so on Instagram, it's at Stanley's Band, uh, Twitter, at Stanley's Band underscore, Facebook, just Stanley's. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, relatively easy to find. Um, and in terms of, you know, seeing us live, we've got a, a big Manchester show coming up on the 5th of August. So, yeah. Excellent stuff, and we'll um again as we mentioned earlier with the, with the uh, with the show uh, there in Manchester, we'll include uh, all the links uh, to that in the episode bio as well, so that you can find that make that life a little bit easier uh, for you. So all that that leaves me uh, to say is uh, thank you to everyone that has listened to the latest This Is the Music Meets podcast. Um, don't forget to click that subscribe button um, and receive the latest This Is The Music podcast straight to your listening device. Jake, thanks again for coming on. I wish yourself personally and obviously the band uh, Stanley's um, continued success. And um, as I say, I hope to see you somewhere down the road on that on that tour that you've got coming up very, very soon. Cheers, no, thank you so much for having us. We're, we're big fans, so I appreciate you asking us on. Thank you very much. I'll see you very soon.